Welcome back to another episode of Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. And you know what? You're lucky I showed up today. I could have declared for mental health issues and cashed a paycheck. I could have just declared bankruptcy like Michael Scott in the office. But what a world. What a world we live in where you can refuse to play. Your feelings can get hurt. You can sit on the sidelines and just totally be a bad teammate and still get paid. Obviously, I'm talking about the Ben Simmons settlement. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid, who wrote the story on Crossing Point. Kev, yeah. are, we, are we idiots? Are we idiots for waking up every day and going to work? Are we, is everyone listening to this? Are they idiots for getting in their cars and commuting 30 minutes a day, sometimes an hour, just to go to a job that slowly sucks the soul out of them a little bit more every day? Are we idiots? I, yeah, I mean, obviously we're doing something wrong, you know, because Ben can can sit there and not play a single game uh, for the Sixers and force his way out and still get paid for it, you know? So at least a portion of it. I mean, we do not know the terms of the settlement, right? You know, so... Uh, do you think we ever will? Um... I do. I think Clutch will leak it. Yeah, because okay. it's positive for them, right? I mean, it makes them look good. Hey, our client got you know X amount of dollars back or something, so it behooves them to to put that information sure. out there for sure. You know, I'm sure they're probably leaking it already, but actually, definitely I'm surprised a, a, it hasn't come out already. You know? Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, definitely, uh, kind of maybe you know let the dust settle a little bit. Maybe I don't know. Maybe like week week one of the NFL season, like a nice little Friday, maybe a nice little Sunday around like, like one yeah. uh, the Eagles are playing. We get the settlement details and whatnot. A source tells me close to the Sixers or clutch that this was the settlement. Um, two, two, two things here. Um, obviously an undisclosed amount of the $20 million. And there's obviously a confidentiality agreement. It wasn't necessarily, they didn't want to go to court. So it was a settlement. There's two things I kind of look at it is the Sixers probably kind of just wanted to wipe their hands clean of Ben Simmons. I'm sure Clutch wanted to wipe their hands clean of the Sixers. Move on. Everybody's kind of happy, you know. And then another thing is the players are going to get absolutely whooped in the next CBA if this stuff keeps happening. Because I hope you like guaranteed contracts because that might be out the window next time the CBA needs to get negotiated. Yeah, no, those are good points. I mean, and that's like you kind of hit on the macro level importance of this you know i think people who were saying because I, I read a lot of articles about this where people were saying well you know now the sixers are done with ben and ben's done with the sixers and we can all move on and i mean that's great but that's not really what we were looking at here you know we were looking at like what does this mean you know for the rest of the nba because people were watching this case very closely um you know you're setting a precedent here um you know in the era of player empowerment you know where we going to get even more of a of a you know, another situation that just went in a player's favor where he was able to sit out and not play a single game for his team and force a trade out and still get paid for it, still get paid a portion of that. You know, that's ultimately what ended up happening. You know, I think everybody probably thought this was going to go to arbitration. It seemed like the Sixers had a slam dunk case here, right? I mean, guy got kicked out of practice, you know, claimed he had mental health issues. They couldn't work out an agreement with him and his doctors, and then they ultimately traded him, and he didn't play a single game for him. So it seemed like the Sixers, at least based on what we were able to observe from afar, it seemed like they would have come out looking pretty good in arbitration, right? Now, again, we don't know the terms of the settlement. Man, I don't, I don't know how much money went to, to back to Ben Simmons. You know, I don't know. There could always be the possibility that the Sixers screwed something up here. 
Maybe there was a procedural mistake. You know, maybe they did something with the escrow that was against the CBA or maybe, you know, Clutch identified like a, a little crack in the armor here. And so they felt like maybe they had a better case. And so the Sixers could have possibly said, hey, you know, maybe we don't think they're gonna, we're going to win this. Why don't we just settle and be done with it for now? But regardless, Kyle, it's like the optics at the end of the day settlement you know not necessarily even knowing what's in this what's in the settlement it just makes the Sixers look bad I think because we all thought they had a strong case against a guy who didn't play a single damn game for him yeah you know so now the 29 other NBA teams are probably looking at this and saying hey they settled with this guy and he got money out of it so what's Kevin Durant thinking you know what's Kyrie Irving thinking you know so it's like it just sets a precedent to me that's like you know the, the players can pull some bullshit on their team and be you know come out relatively unscathed and get a, like a portion of their money for it so to me that was always the bigger picture thing i just thought like i don't know the specifics about why the sixers you know pulled out and settled but i thought at least on paper it looked like they had a really strong strong case if it went to an arbitrator so yeah i mean it really could be just because they wanted to be done with ben simmons i mean they're trying to move on or maybe maybe you know now i'll put a little tinfoil hat on maybe the tampering uh investigation will go their way Maybe we won't get we won't get fined, or maybe we won't get like the cap circumvented. Like, hey, just settle with Ben. You know, I don't know why they would do that, why the league would do that, but uh, just a little tinfoil hat. I'm just thinking of everything. But they shouldn't want to, right? I mean, because think about this real quick. What what was the best possible outcome here for the NBA at large and for Adam Silver and the owners, or excuse me, the governors? Like, would they not want the Sixers to go to arbitration and win the case? Because the now only they're going to have to go back. Be- they're going to have to go back to the next collective bargaining agreement and address it so another Ben Simmons situation doesn't happen. The only reason would be is the point you brought up is they fucked up. The, the Sixers yeah. did something to fuck up, yeah, and that's why they have the confidentiality yeah. agreement. I mean, because um, I think Kyle Newbeck wrote it. They they were, they were stayed mum, the Sixers. A lot of stuff that was leaked yeah. was on the clutch side. Yeah, um, they didn't say anything about it, you know, and it's like I, I don't know procedurally what it says in the CBA about, like, escrowing a guy's money and withholding. Because remember, like, he got the like the lump sum – like upfront, like part of his salary before the holdout and the mental yeah. health stuff started before he got kicked out of practice and whatever. So then it's like, okay, are you, are you allowed to withhold my money? How do I get my money back? Am I entitled to that money? So I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than, than most of us are making it realize, but I'm talking about, I was always, my take was always from like a big optics looking standpoint. It's like, Hey, this is a win for clutch. No matter how oh, you yeah. slice it, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is, this is, a, this yeah. is definitely a win. I mean, you're looking at, I mean, just think of like, I don't know if Zion's a client for Clutch, but just look at Zion and, and Donovan Mitchell could be another guy. I mean, look mm-hmm. at KD right now. I mean, so Zion's got to be licking his chops if he wants out of New Orleans. If Donovan wants out of Utah, like it seems like he does, he's got to be happy about this. Kevin Durant obviously is, sounds like he's going to yeah. be sitting out. Yeah. So like he's got to love this. He's going to he he looks at this and he goes, "Hey, Ben Simmons won. You know, maybe he won't get his you know." whatever he's owed this year, but maybe he'll get a portion of what he's owed this year. I mean, I could see if if they settled, I would, you know, this is me not knowing anything, but like you have to think about at least 10 mil, you you know, you at least settle for half. Hey, here's half. We get half. What's them to stop stop from doing that? Because this case didn't go to arbitration. So we, the precedent that has been set is that you can just, you know, BS your way out of it and, you know, probably settle with the team. You won't get all your money, but you'll get a portion of it. So we didn't really solve, anything we left it incomplete with another win for the players and for the agents because from an optic standpoint it looks like ben simmons did win this you know so that's like that's like the the you know i was talking to you before the show like there's really two buckets here to separate everything that's the one bucket mm-hmm. like arbitration legal side of it settlement macro level what does it mean for the collective bargaining agreement moving forward you know 
And then the other half of it is like, well, okay, the whole mental health timeline to begin with, right? So let me just let me just let me just read it straight. Okay, I want you to react to this, right? And and when I say this to you, your reaction, right? Okay. Number one, so here's the timeline, right? Ben was under contract, decided not to show up for media day in camp in Philly, right? Yep. Number two, the Sixers began to withhold his money, right? Fair. Number three, Ben came back, half-assed his way through practice with his phone in his pocket, yep. and then he got kicked out of practice. Okay, then. Then the leaks about the mental health stuff started to take place, right? So then yeah. the mental health issue became it came to the forefront. Uh, he sits until the trade deadline is finally moved, and then the grievances later filed, right? You know, so before the, the the game, he comes back, so that clutch supposedly could use that as evidence of like I guess what a chaotic work environment for Ben uh, he, Simmons. Yeah, yeah, and he stood up and embraced that and whatever. So like, like an arbitrator would have laughed at that if it if it, if they tried to claim like the fans had something to do with it. Ben also came out of his Brooklyn press conference and said it had nothing to do with the fans, right? Mm. But when I give you that that timeline, your reaction to that is is it's bullshit because I, I I'll go a little bit further for you. It, this all a lot of stuff predated his mental health diagnosis. He he couldn't play with Embiid. Remember that came out. That was after the whole mental health stuff. But that was like that was the report. He was pissed that he was in negotiations with Harden, which the rumor is he was like shopping for houses in Houston. That it was that close to the, being pulled off. And then a combo of Doc and Joel's comments after the Hawks series. So there's even predated that whole stuff, like the stuff that like we've been told that why he couldn't feel like he could get along with the Sixers anymore. And then just to have this kind of sham of mental health issues enough. And don't get me wrong. He went through a bunch of shit with his, with his, with his brother and his sister yes. and everything. And, yeah. and just the, the pressures that being an NBA player brings on. But for this one to be the last, the last gun in the bullet, that's what it felt like. It felt like this was the last gun in the bullet. And then for him to refuse to communicate with the team doctors, giving them an explanation or, Hey, here's a treatment plan or, Hey, yeah. what's going on, man. Cause like it's, it's, they, it's just like having a bone break or, or a, a bruised knee or something like that. Like you can go see somebody else that the NBA PA gives you a doctor or whatnot, but you still have to work with the team doctors and the team who well, pays you. It's yeah, like, and it's like, it's like work. It's like if I left, and said, "Hey Kyle, you're out for for a couple of weeks. What's what's going on? What's the truth?" He didn't get the he didn't get the empathy from fans and media because they saw and we saw the mental health thing become prominent only after he held out, didn't show up, and was kicked out of practice, and they started taking his money. Right? Okay, yeah. so this is just a timeline thing. If you reverse the timeline, and he came, he didn't show up to camp, but communicated to the Sixers like, "Hey, I'm having mental health issues. I need time. I need to solve this. Uh, you know, please." You know, just give me some some space, whatever I whatever here to to figure it out and whatever. I think fans and media would have respected that, you yeah. know, for sure. But it looks like bullshit because he didn't claim the mental the mental health claim didn't come until they started keeping his money from him. So mm-hmm. how can you not look at that and be skeptical? You know, like I, I don't I don't want to like shit on some dude if he's got like serious mental issues for sure. You can like, see I with mean, Ling Johnson and, and Brandon Brooks, the way Lane Eagles Johnson, fans handled that. Brandon yeah. Brooks, they were both like up front about, okay, so Lane disappeared for three games. Nobody knew where he was, but uh, the media did, but they all kept it, you know, wanted to let the guy be have his private life and private struggles of it. Or he came back, hey, I'm dealing with depression and anxiety. Fans were cool with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Brandon Brooks, hey, I have anxiety. I, you know, puke before games or whatever, whatever he had, right? You know, hey, he was open and honest about it. Cool. Listen, man, you got mental health struggles. You're not obligated to like tell people what's wrong with you or anything like that. But if I was around Ben, if I was advising him, if I was his agent, if I was like in his circle or whatever, I would have said, Hey, like if you got legit problems, like you may be able to help yourself 
you know, optically and also win over some empathy from people and just make your situation better by being upfront about it and saying like, Hey, I'm having some issues here. Like, you know, please respect that and whatever and get out in front of it, you know? But again, it's just a timeline here. I like, like you say, man, you had the thing with his sister and his brother that went public. Also, he's a number one draft pick playing in Philly. It's tough being a pro athlete. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you carry a ton of anxiety on your shoulders to begin with. So I have no, like, I want people to understand this like clearly, like I think you were the same as me. I'm not disputing that the guy has any like issues at all or any struggles at all. I'm sure he does. But I think if that was packaged better or presented better on a different kind of timeline, I think he would have won over fans and media at the same exactly. time. But instead, it looks like bullshit because it didn't happen until after he held out and they started taking his money from him. You're exactly right. If he would have yeah. came out and, and, and diligently, like you said, if you were his agent, optically told everybody what happened, and you wouldn't get everybody, but you would get no. you would get a good amount. Yes. I think yeah. a good amount yeah. would would do a fifty percent. You would still it. get your like boomer who's like, "Well, you're a fucking pussy," you know. Just get out there, <laughs> yeah. and play. you know. You're never gonna change that guy's mind, you know. But like millennials, Gen Z, Gen X, even a little bit looks looks at the mental health thing a little differently, mm-hmm. you know. But like procedurally, you know, like when you have this, when this happens at like a regular company you know, yeah. uh, not a pro sports team. What's the procedure? There's always a procedure in place. You know, it's like, you know, you go to HR, you make the communication, Hey, this person's on like a, you know, like an indefinite leave. And then the HR person has a communication with the doctor. Usually the doctor gives them a note or whatever. And then you don't really ask any questions, you know, you know, the, the default is like trust, you know, you don't have to prove to anybody that you have men, any mental health and you don't have to fill out a sheet and hand it to the HR department that says, here's what I'm dealing with, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. It's like, hey, doctors in communication, like, we believe you. Like, you're our employee, man. We got your back. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, you know, if, if they just did something similar procedurally with that, with Ben and, and the Sixers, it would have it been fine. Yeah, it wouldn't have been It wouldn't have been a saga in the first place, you know? So, it's like, at the end of the day, like, man, you don't, you don't have to, like, explain to anybody what mental health struggles you're having, but you can help yourself by, you know, creating a timeline that makes sense, yeah. you know, just, yeah. you know. Being open and honest, kind of, even not even with the fans, with the team, which he kind of was. He had that meeting, but, you know, whatever. Um, How does the NBA not put Sixers versus Nets in Philly on Christmas? I mean, you're trying to compete with the NFL triple header. (laughs) That's a layup, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or opening night or something, you know? Yeah. I don't know. What were you saying? Because you did the story today. It was like, uh, you can do like a Bill Russell Celtics versus old school rival. yeah, it's probably a bill. It's going to, obviously, they're going to honor Bill Russell. They'll probably do something because obviously they, uh, they are retiring his jersey, which I I don't know if yeah. the Sixers should have to do that. I really don't. We already have six retired. Julius Irving's up in the rafters. Uh, is it going to be like a 42 Mariano Rivera thing where, you know, the blue 42 or not Mariano, Jackie Robinson, Jackie um, Robinson. where the 42 <laughs> Mariano Rivera, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mariano Rivera broke the color barrier. Broke the color barrier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, right. yeah. So I don't know if it's going to be like a 42 in blue on, in everybody's rafters and whatnot. Maybe they'll, I don't know what they're going to do, but yeah, I mean, is, is it, or is it going to be uh, Kevin Durant? Is he going to be on one of the, one of the teams is, is the NBA banking on that? It's just really weird to see the NBA investigate the Sixers and then put the Sixers in these two primetime games because yeah, um, yeah. that first game on Christmas is, is usually the noon game. I want to know what is, is, is Kevin Kincaid, what's your Christmas day plan? What is typically your Christmas day plan? I know you got two kids. I mean, will you get presents and breakfast done before noon so you can sit down with the laptop and take some notes for the Sixers game? Oh, I'm not watching jack shit on Christmas. No, I I never can. Nobody with kids has any time to to do any of that. You know, it's like, you know, you do like a morning. Well, like say you got like two families, like your family, your wife's family or whatever, right? So it's like, you know, we have, 
yeah, my family comes over to our place in the morning and we do like brunch and presents and stuff like that. But then we uh, get in the car and we go down to my wife's parents' place, you know? So by the time we get down there, it's like after noon already. So we probably missed the first half of the first game. Like, I don't know if your kids can settle down for long enough for you to be able to even like sit on the couch and watch a little bit of a game. Okay. But yeah, I don't think that's like, I don't, I don't think Damn, people with see, like families are watching think, a lot. <laughs> so uh, this is just the yeah. way I grew up. Christmas Eve was always the family. So you come over for Christmas Eve. Yeah. Ever since oh, I was yeah. younger, but as you get older, you tie one on with the cousins, you tie one on with the aunts and uncles, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Everybody goes home Christmas in the pagan household. It was, you wake up, you, you, you do presents at least by 10 o'clock. I mean, the pagans, we didn't, we weren't morning people. So we were yeah, like 10, yeah. 10 30 presents right yeah. into brunch, right into the Knicks first game. I kind of love this because I'll be on my ass. I think I'll be on my ass most of the, uh, most of Christmas and whatnot. I'm really excited for, for the, for the Knicks, uh, Sixers game. Uh, the Grizzlies Warriors is going to be must watch television after the shit talking they did after after the finals but yes, um yeah. I'll, I'll probably watch more nfl on saturday because nfl is king or sunday because nfl is king yeah. but it's pretty nice how it goes from you know hopefully the eagles winning the division against the cowboys the night before you wrap right it up. in yeah it's gonna be a drunk drunk night a drunk you drunk know, weekend in Philadelphia. you know what the other factor is here too i feel like a lot of people can relate to this like if you're if you're religious say like you know a lot of people around here come from like a catholic very casual catholic family yeah, right maybe you go to church three times a year or something you know so we would we used to try to go to like uh i remember one year like my parents were like let's go to um you know Not midnight easter, mass easter the night yeah. before the saturday night mass the, mm-hmm. the night before easter or whatever and um it was like the easter vigil i think they called it at our church or whatever like and oh because we're getting it out of the way and then we don't got to go sunday morning yep. i think the easter vigil ended up being like three hours long so they were really like Shit. sitting there and they're doing like the candles and everything. And they have like the converts who are there. Like they're now part of the Catholic church. Uh, yep. like, they baptism. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like the people who like, you know, switched over from like <laughs> Judaism or something, you know? So it's like, Oh, we'll get this out of the way. And then we ended up spending all of Saturday night at, uh, at a uh, church. And then Sunday morning, it was like, Oh, at least our Sunday morning's free. But yeah, it's like, I don't know, people trying to get it out of the way or something, but, but I guess there's I- people who go to, christmas mass right or do they try to so, people with kids try to get it done the night before no christmas mass no. is a big one and, and yeah. it starts around 5 30 and 6 and yeah. the game doesn't start till 4 25 on christmas eve there are going yeah. to be a lot of fights in the household of delaware valley or midnight mass is going to be packed churches <laughs> are going to have people flooding out yeah, of yeah. Of the of the yeah. of the uh, the chapel, they're gonna yeah. have to put people in the in the kid crying room. They have to put people out in the lobby where yeah, they're just gonna have to one. put the like, yeah. dude. There are gonna be a lot of. I don't. There's no really workaround either. I did yeah. midnight mass once. It was cool. Didn't really understand it. Just going to mass at midnight. They're quicker yeah. though, which is nice. You don't have to hear the the little kids sing and everything and do the in the, the homilies. The only choice man, is to become like a raging atheist. And then you don't have to yeah. go. Yeah, right now, if anyone's listening to this right now, tell your and if you and if you follow Catholicism or whatever you do or you're practicing, tell your wife you don't believe in uh, you, you don't believe in God anymore. <laughs> How many priests in the Delaware Valley are going to end their uh, mm-hmm. end the homily on Saturday night with the go birds? Go birds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's all I care about, man. They're like, yeah, Jesus is always there for you, and remember the God is always listening and he's checking his phone like oh they just scored again you know dude if Pete the Elliott. eagles if the eagles win that collection plate is going to be amazing they're going to be they're going to pay for a new wing of of the chapel with with the amount of money they make at midnight mass this year yeah. no, some guy hits a 14 a four player touchdown parlay he's i'll break off a little bit more for padre
Yeah, Father Bob at the uh, Basilica down in Center City is going to be on Eyewitness News when they when we do our like corny like let's talk to the fans and get their reaction to the win. Yeah, we did the homily and then we watched uh, Jalen Hurts run it in. Go Birds! Go Birds! Oh, it's so oh funny. My it's so God. predictable, man. We got the like the the market. Uh, I, I can just like picture it in my head. You know, I can I can just f- like feel the experience. You know, oh, just, the, the homily at Saint Kevs, yeah. and yeah. when the Eagles came back. That's like Jesus coming back from the dead. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. that's Christmas. Christmas he's born. Uh, when the Eagles, yeah. when the Eagles came back, yeah. they were born anew, and now they won the division. Kind of like yeah. Jesus was born anew today. Yeah. God always wants. God always asks for patience, just like we need to be patient with Jalen Hurts and his throwing. <laughs> just that's like we have to be patient this season with Shane Steichen and his play calling. I, mean, I honestly would register, you know, if, if people people can latch on to that one and relate to that one. You know, if you're having trouble getting through to the uh to the uh community, what what's the name of the the people in the pews? What do you call them? The uh the congregation. If you can't get oh, through yeah, to the yeah. congregation, be like, you may have been frustrated that Asante Samuel never tackled anybody, but patience is a virtue, as we learned in Ephesians 23, 40, 47 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> here's Dave checking in from behind the scenes. He says, yeah. when I lived in Philly, our local priest sang Fly Eagles Fly every Sunday during Mass. That's that's amazing. Juniata Park. Yeah. Sounds Juniata about right. Park. Let's go. Yeah, it's, it's that's funny. awesome. Yeah. Um, I, can I make one final Ben Simmons yeah. point before we wrap that up? For, <laughs> like when in the story that I wrote, when you when you take his, oftentimes sports like you, the ridiculousness of sports is conveyed the most easily when you take a uh, situation, you like you apply it to your own situation. Like, like if, if, if you were Ben Simmons, right. If you were, I were Ben Simmons, like I pull up, I show up to work. Uh, or I don't, I don't show up to work the first day. And then I come back, I open up a, a WordPress page. I kind of half ass a couple words in there. And then I'm like, not really feeling it. So the editor's like, all right, well, why don't you go home? You know, and then I go home and then I never write another thing for the rest of the year. But they say, well, I want to get paid anyway, you know, because I'm having mental health struggles or whatever. You know, if I had told him straight up at the beginning, hey, I got, I'm not feeling right. I got to get myself taken care of or whatever. OK, well, there's your empathy. But it's like, like you know, imagine you're a carpenter who doesn't hammer a single nail in all season long. And then you're asking for 20 million dollars back. It's like freaking absurd, man. I mean, like, no, no. That's why I just feel like the Sixers regardless of what was in the settlement or, you know, if they screwed something up or whatever, man, it just felt like on paper, man, they had a case, mm-hmm. like a slam down case. Here's a guy, he's under contract. He didn't do shit for us. Okay. Case closed. So like, what am I missing here? You know? Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. I agree a hundred percent. Let's get it back to the Eagles. Now. Let's get, <laughs> well, before we get back to the Eagles, we do got to talk about Kevin Durant. He's planning on bringing Do ruckus behind the scenes. Uh, If you saw this, Mark Stein in his newsletter reported he heard from an NBA executive that KD was willing to retire instead of play for the Nets ever again. Later, he reported, he said in league circles, he's willing to cause a ruckus behind his scenes to get to the Nets to lower their deal if he's not traded. And Kevin Durant came out and he said, hey, I know most people will believe unnamed sources over me, but if it's anyone out there that'll listen, I don't plan on any retiring anytime soon. Shit is comical at this point. The best part about this is he totally uh, diminished the uh, retirement speculation, did not diminish the part where he might be bringing a ruckus behind the scenes. So like, what would be bringing a ruckus entail? I did write this in the uh, in the article. Would a free Hong Kong tweet, if he tweeted out free Hong Kong, Joe Tsai being being a, a Chinese nationalist, mm-hmm. uh, if he tweeted out free Hong Kong, I think we could get a deal done by maybe sundown right now. I'll let you try my Wu Tang style. Bring the motherfucking ruckus. Bring the 
I'm not a. I think I can only play like ten seconds of that, or else we're gonna get like a violation. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get a DCM made. Um, yeah, the RZA and the the RZA and the Jizza may may uh, come after us in that one. I um, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a Wu Tang guy, so when you told me to bring that, I listened to the song. I was like, oh, all right. I like Cream. Are you not old? Are you not like? Are you not old enough for Wu Tang? Probably right. Probably not. I'm 93. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of right in the middle. Yeah, well, that's when uh, 36 Chambers came out. It was in 1993. So yeah, nice. yeah, you miss like the golden age of like nineties. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Jay Z, uh, Eminem. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think who else did I have in my time growing up. Yeah, they sucked. Yeah, yeah. yeah the golden age was early nineties. Well, what's to stop? What's to stop KD from saying, you know, I have mental health problems. And I'm not going <laughs> to. There's nothing, no, nothing anymore. That's what I'm saying, man. That's that's why you know that's why you needed this to go to arbitration so that you ha- so that you're. Because now maybe another another guy does the same thing and goes there, and then you get your solution that way. But I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think it's just so strange to me. I, I yeah, I mean, his didn't he? What's his contract? He didn't he sign like a four year thing? Four year, like one seventy. Four year, one ninety. I think it starts this year or something. Yeah, so, it was an the NBA. The NBA. I know I said I would trade for Kevin Durant a million times out of a million times, but like the NBA just has to like it's the probably possibly the worst facet of the NBA right now. It's just that like. <laughs> the contracts don't mean anything you know it's just guys trying to go to wherever they want to go you know so they got to come up with something better why would you buy a jersey right now of any nba player it would make no sense it would make yeah. no sense to, to buy a jersey of any nba player if you're buying a zion williamson jersey and you're a pelicans fan you're an idiot if you're yeah. buying i mean all those people who bought kd jerseys and the thing about kd is he he has that whole thing with joe Sy, and he says what's up pop what's up little dog yeah, um there he is baxter um, he has that whole thing where he's like, fire Joe, fire um, Sean Marks and Steve Nash or trade me. And it's like, you handpicked Steve Nash. You handpicked DeAndre Jordan. You yeah. handpicked playing with Kyrie Irving. Like, you put yourself in the exact situation you wanted to be put in. And now you're pissed off at the situation that you directly put yourself in. And the funny thing is now that like Josiah came out and said, Hey man, I'm not, I'm not, I, I believe in the, in the organization. I believe in the way that Steve Nash and Sean Marks are leading this organization. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking like KD might not have any leverage. Cause like this, the thing that separates the Ben Simmons stuff with KD is Ben never really made anything like, like an outwardly public kind of like trade me or, or get rid of like Joel there was no or, ultimate, there was no yes, ultimatum. ultimatum there you go delivered but, it wasn't a, like a pick between me or this guy thing yeah so so now i'm kind of thinking like if i'm sean marks or, or i'm steve nash like bro we, we we have a top 14 there's only like four or five teams that can win the nba finals they're one of them right now like i yeah. do, they, do you try to make it work it feels like everything he's tried to do is like is not going to work yeah, I don't know. It's just strange, man. I I don't um, I don't know what the solution is to it. You know, um, you know, it's got to be addressed in the CBA, though. I mean, to me, it's just the oh, number yeah. one thing. You know, I, I don't, I don't. It gets to a point thing with the NBA too, where people are so, people care so much more about the player movement and the trades deadline and the offseason stuff and all the drama. Nobody really gives. Does anybody actually give a shit about the basketball itself? Uh, that's it's like when why the regular the, season league, starts. Yeah. Like, eh. You know, no, you're you're exactly right because <laughs> yeah, I mean, the yeah. free agency and trade yeah. deadlines and yeah. off season drama and stuff like is so it's like a it's like a reality show. It's and just it's crazy so how good. much that's taken off. Yeah, because I remember growing up, man, we would just watch like 
that wasn't a thing at all, man. I mean, you know, we watch Sports Center every morning and we watch, you know, Stuart Scott doing like NBA highlights, you know, Kobe and all those guys. And it's like there was never this kind of crazy talk about, well, is this guy going to force his way out of here? Is this guy going to be traded here? Is this guy going to link up with this guy? I mean, I guess it all really started when LeBron and and D Wade and Bosch kind of hooked up, you know, well, I mean, didn't Shaq kind of force his way down to Miami? I feel like that was kind of like an ultimatum, uh, me or Kobe kind of thing. Yeah, I mean that's all foggy, man. I don't remember. Yeah. That. I think I think that the advent of like the super team, kind kind of, you know, the the three stars going to one place kind of was the catalyst of, to make this take off a little bit more. Not to say it didn't exist before. No, you're true. Then, you're true. In some form, but I think that was kind of like what made it take off. But man, like especially like younger generation Gen Z, like can't get enough of the. Yeah, the Benson stuff and the, the Kevin Durant stuff and like the, you know, Anthony Davis stuff. I mean, it's just crazy how much. I mean, you, could, you could talk about Ben Simmons every single day. It would suck yeah. to do it, but you could literally talk about Ben Simmons every single day because there's always something different. It's either like a, a, an Instagram story he puts up of, yeah. Ferrari and, of a Ferrari. He's doing a Ferrari giveaway and someone goes, oh, I wonder yeah. if that comes with a clutch. Like, it's just like. But what's number two on all the debate shows behind the NFL? It's NBA drama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Stephen A. Smith, Skip Bayless, you know, all those guys. Nick Wright, like they do their, you know, everybody wins off the NFL because the NFL pays all of our bills and sports media, you know. And then number two behind it is the NBA. You know, they're not they're not getting people talking off of like uh, Tony D'Angelo to the Flyers. You know, they're not getting no. people talking. And they off have the rights, the which is hilarious. They have the hockey rights, and but Tony D'Angelo going to the Flyers does not move the needle. No, no, and they, they don't. I mean, you think Stephen A. Smith? could name a single Philadelphia flyer right now. No, probably no. not. But like you play the hits and you go to your bread and butter. I mean, they don't even talk about baseball anymore. No, you know, on, no. on those shows. I mean, and there's plenty, there is plenty of kind of stuff to to talk about, you know? So it's, it's just, um, you know, I, 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 I just find the whole thing fascinating, you know, and I don't, I don't know what the solution to it is, but you know, between, you know, all the guys forcing themselves out and, you know, the Ben Simmons thing. I mean, they're going to have a reckoning with the uh, the next CBA. I mean, I think the era of player empowerment is probably coming coming to an end sooner than we than we realize. Yeah, and then they'll just find something else to do and they'll, and, they'll, and it'll be another error and whatnot. Um, did you see – oh, you did see this because you wrote this. The new uh, – the the Seekers, this this Monarch yeah. Seeker yeah, yeah. technology. Yeah, hell yeah, Dave, can you pull it up? Because we don't need to hear the audio anyway. Um, there's these new Monarch Seekers. They're basically a robotic QB that allows receivers to run routes without a QB. So basically, Kyler Murray has to do even less work now. Um, here's Mohamed Sanu catching <laughs> catching balls over his house. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, crazy, yeah. George Kittle uses it. Mike Evans uses it. The Green Bay Packers use, use them and everything. Basically, you could put six balls. It's like a it's like a jugs machine on steroids. But you can also set it to, hey, I want to do uh, forty yard routes over the shoulder catches. I want to work on that. Or I want to do, hey, crossing routes seven yards. You can uh, yeah. the defenders. They can also use it. Say, uh, Kirk Cousins uh, throws fade routes a lot while uh, on third and three in the red zone. Now you can work on like basically Kirk Cousins is perfect. Uh, yeah. fade route pass. It's 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 nuts. It's crazy. Yeah. Or you can do the Donovan McNabb setting where it just throws <laughs> the ball straight into the ground. You know, you press, yeah. press worm burner on the thing. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. It looks like a Gatling gun. It looks like something we should be sending to Ukraine to help with their like defense. You know, like retrofitted <laughs> with rockets or something like that. You know, that's like it's it is just, like because when you put the ball in the jugs machine, it only goes one direction. 
Yeah, one guy has to sit there and reload it. Yeah. 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 It's crazy, man. Because yeah, I looked at a side by side of the Monarch next to the Jugs machine, and the Jugs machine just looked like an old like computer. It's like imagine putting like a laptop next to like a boxy, like a uh, compact computer from 15 Ooh, years ago. The Jugs shout machine, out to the compact. The that was Jugs my first machine computer. Is so outdated and obsolete next to the Monarch. But uh, yeah, it's crazy. And then you wear a thing on your like wrist, mm-hmm. I guess. It's like a pulse, you know, it's like a monitor or something where it tra- you know, tracks your movements. Um, so you get all the data back off of that at the same time. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy, man. I just, you know, I guess someone was saying like, well, why don't you just get a, one of your backup quarterbacks to throw you like 50 balls, you know, that way. Okay. Well, the guy's arm starts to get tired after, <laughs> you know, a little bit. So the, the Monarch does not get tired and it's just like, Hey, you want, yeah, I want to do 50 reps of like, uh, you know, mm-hmm. go route or something like mm-hmm. that. So you program it and you do your 50 reps of that and the robot just throws you the balls, man. But yeah. it's like, it so measures like you're, them. it measures like you're tracking like 30 times per second. It's like an insane. Yeah. It was developed in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think the Iowa Hawkeyes would have more of an offense with, with, since this, this this jugs machine on steroids has been getting utilized in their practice facility. For the like jugs the machine years. is now like sitting in Iowa's dustbin as they just <laughs> run the ball behind like seven beefy white dudes every single time out. You know, two tight ends, yeah. five offensive corn-fed offensive linemen, you know. But it's funny because they don't uh, – they actually started using these in college. They showed up mm-hmm. in college before they did in the NFL because the tweet yesterday was uh, the Green Bay Packers is the first NFL team to use it. Um, so it just makes you wonder because I thought, you know, anything about the Eagles too, like always kind of being at the forefront of, um, you know – Innovation and technology. Like uh, innovation, technology, analytics, all that shit. You know, it's all the same family of shit, right? So like, okay, well then – You'd think like the monarch would be something they'd be interested in, you know? Yeah. You think Al Calby's creaming his shorts over this video? He probably loves it. Yeah. He's probably leaking to somebody right now. I tried to get a monarch two years ago. <laughs> I didn't want it. And, and Doug Peterson yelled at me in front of the, that's probably why Doug Peterson yelled at him in front of the whole uh, Novacare complex. Yeah. <laughs> Behind Kepler's curveball machine. Thank you, Bumpy Jonas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is this the future of sports technology? I mean, punters and kickers maybe we don't need them anymore do we even need quarterbacks anymore if if you tell me i can have jalen hurts under throw aj brown on a go route or i can just have the monarch throw a beautiful 70 yard shot over to aj brown i'm taking the monarch 10 times out of 10 twice on sunday yeah i was looking at like costs uh and of course it's like one of those things where it's like call for pricing it's like you're buying a boat or something you know yeah. or you got to show up and ask the guy in, in person you know but i saw somewhere that they were listed at fifty thousand dollars. okay uh, okay. Which I mean, for a pro NFL team, is nothing. It's like a drop in the bucket, you know. So it, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I just love how far they've come with all the with all the technology. I mean, you can you can emulate and replicate so many different kind of things. And you know, at the end of the day, like what it does more than anything is it just it 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 mirrors it it. How do I say this? It maximizes reps. It yeah. just makes your reps mean something because that's what it's about more than anything. Like, honest, honestly, God, I'm going off on kind of a tangent here, but this is something I've thought about a lot. I dabbled in coaching very briefly and then I wasn't really? able to do it. But if I like just, just like, you know, not very long. But one of the things I always hated when I was being coached by other people, you know, soccer, football, whatever, is that we just did. We just didn't do enough reps of stuff. Hmm. So to me, like, I think that's an underrated sports topic. And it's, it's one of the things you hear with the Eagles in these uh in these joint practices, right? Okay, well, we don't really care about the preseason games because we got the reps we needed in this. We got the reps we needed in 11 v. 11. We got it during training camp. So that's kind of like a word that people don't focus on enough. And I would always try to maximize if I was coaching people, I'd be like, rep, 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 mm-hmm. rep, rep, do it again, line up, do it again, go, go. It sounds like an old school kind of thing, but you can replace some of the 
you know, basic mechanics of it with technology, you know? So you don't, so it doesn't have to be like three dudes setting up, setting up some some (laughs) drill. If the Monarch can like take the kid, take the place of one or two of those dudes, you know what I mean? And then Nick Sirianni, though, the big thing on him is, oh, 60 minute practices are not getting the full amount of practice allotted. Like, what is he doing? But, but supposedly those practices are very fast. And they're and they're and they yeah, are yeah, getting yeah. the the necessary reps in. So I'm really surprised yeah. that they wouldn't have something like this. Can we get chips and balls, please, so we don't have to bring out the chain gang anymore? I mean, we got the fucking monarch throwing perfect passes, better than Kirk Cousins, better than yeah. Kyler Murray ever could. We well, talk about it with the, the ball. We talk about that. You know, people make this argument with like the robotic umps in you know MLB. You go. You know, if, if you can, you know, add some technology to to make things better. I mean, they do it with VAR in in soccer now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and more often than not, it works the way it's supposed to work. So you should always be trying to implement and anything that you can. You know, I mean, I, oftentimes if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. But I think where we fall short as humans in general is to take good processes and adequate processes and just make those even better. You know, so it doesn't necessarily have to mean that like something needs fixing, but you can always improve upon what you what you currently have. So, how long until ESP charts the monarch at practice? <laughs> uh, uh, went 12 for 15 day 170 one, yeah. yards yeah, yeah four yeah. touchdowns one interception though yeah, aj brown dropped this one pass but to be clear the monarch <laughs> threw him a shitty ball <laughs> the monarch squeezed yeah. a beautiful pass in between two defenders to Devonte smith he took it this he took it the length of the field oh my god the monarch tried to flee the pocket too early and just overcooked it you know so. yeah how long until we get tackling sleds that are like hey we're gonna we're gonna put uh this is gonna be the height and weight of miles garrett so that they could just all go up against Miles Garrett instead of going up a guy, a fat dude wow. who's offensive coordinator or, or or a lineman coach, Jeff Statlin, sitting on the back of the uh, of the tackling sled. Technology is awesome, man. You know, I was watching the what's the telescope that we got now? Not the the Hubble telescope. That's the old one now. That's the new one. The Webb telescope or whatever. I was images what, the one that shows there. the galaxy. Yeah, the new one. The that one's James, so overrated. The it's a James bunch of stars. Webb telescope is overrated. It's a bunch of stars in a with a backdrop. It looks like every time I, it looks like one of the backdrops I wanted for school pictures. It's like, it oh, here's this- shit. It's it's an improve. It's like we we are advancing the human race by discovering things and and improving technology that has hitherto remained undeveloped. Like what do you just Kev, want to keep looking Kev, at? Breaking news. Kev, breaking news. There's more stars. Okay. There's more stars in the galaxy. All right. There's. <laughs> Breaking news. There, there they are. That's you know such hey, a bad take. That is a hard <laughs> Breaking break. news. Oh, by the way, I saw Jupiter on Saturday yeah. night. Did you know Jupiter was all out? You don't want to know more about Jupiter, though? You don't I want do. a better shot at Jupiter? Like, oh, I'm fine with the Jupiter knowledge that I currently have. I don't need to know anything more about Jupiter. Jupiter, underrated, overrated, or properly rated, do you think? <laughs> I was probably rated because it's just gas, right? I mean, there's nothing on there, right? You know? Well, I mean, people would say I'm just gas, too. Well, if there's just gas, maybe we don't need to know more about it. Maybe we know everything we need to know. So maybe a lot of moons, some, maybe you back it back backed yourself into a decent take somehow here. But like <laughs> you should you should always have the unquenchable thirst for knowledge, Pagan. You know what I mean? That's true. You are right. My knowledge uh, starts and ends with Ben Simmons settlements. Give and, me your uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, technological improvements over the last five years. I'll give you the Monarch. The Monarch. I'll give you the James Webb Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. Uh, we're not putting the James Webb fucking t- telescope. Smart TV's um, got to be on there, man. Smart TVs are great. Yeah. The Roku is it has been something different. And yeah. then, um, 
Mm, security systems for my phone. I think that's pretty cool. I don't have to get out of bed, set the security system, more thermostats. That's a really that's a really old man take. I don't know. No, Technological advancements. Well, you are getting older, so that is true. Oh, SEPTA getting a getting a card instead of us doing tokens about two years ago. There's well, that should have been like 15 years ago, right? But I guess it would count. Yeah. So SEPTA. Shout man. out to SEPTA, the 2030s. Yeah, not too far along. All right, we gotta maybe, we gotta get set on there. Maybe ass. by the time the Sixers Arena is built, the trains will actually run on time. You know? <laughs> oh man! Here, you know? Um, I got nothing else on the Monarch, but I wanted to ask you about the yeah. Eagles' first preseason game. I, I probably watched about a couple series. I was at the bar. I was in Wildwood all weekend, so I was at the bar when it was on. Um, loved loved uh, Nick Sirianni wanted to, wanted to jump, jump down Robert Sala's throat. That was an awesome. <laughs> Awesome yeah. clip. What the I fuck, Salah? Can I have a? Can I make a gripe about yeah. that real quick? Like Robert Salah didn't hit hit Jalen. Yeah, that's so. true. So why is he yell? Why is he yelling? Is he just he's just yelling at the first person he could think of? Like, did he think the coach told his players to hit him late out of bounds? There's no chance he knew who Keenan Williams was. Quinnen Williams. I I don't know. Quincy, There's no chance. Quincy Williams. Yeah. Was it Quincy? There's yeah. no chance he knew that linebacker was with the last name's Williams. So he's like, Zach Wilson's on the. So he yelled at him. What the fuck? <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, but it's well, it's Rob, Rob Sala to his credit came out afterwards and said, uh, what was the word? Egregious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he Great called word. shit on it. Yeah. You know, good word. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I mean, you see good stuff out. You know, Jordan Mailata goes over. He's ready to f- clean his clock, you yeah. know, and, uh, you know, Jordan Davis, I didn't do like, a, I'm not going to dive into, I, I actually like doing football X's and O's. We don't do a lot of it on the site because um, to be honest, people don't really read a lot of that stuff. You do like a really good like X's and O's breakdown. I give you a bunch of like diagrams and stuff. And like people on Facebook will be like, hey, I appreciate this or whatever. But they don't, they don't do like amazing traffic. I think they're more like YouTube things. You got mm-hmm. these like YouTube cool. super fans, like the the Danish guy, uh, what's his face? Um, Peterson. Tom Thomas, yeah, and like uh, you know, Victor um with uh, Gambler. Yeah, like he'll you know, they'll do like a breakdown or something. But I think those do better on like YouTube or like visual platforms or whatever. But the Jordan Davis stuff I thought was interesting because like Baldy does his breakdowns after every preseason game. He's like, This guy's a tank. Look, he, he's here in this gap, he's here in this gap. And you know, it just seemed like they could do a lot of different things with him. You know, he was playing over the center, you know, they had him playing like three technique. Um you know, guys lined up in different spots. I mean, you're, you're trying to get a little glean a little bit more of like what's Jonathan Gannon going to do. I mean, Jalen Hurts looked good. Didn't even throw the ball to AJ Brown. I don't think did he in that game? Um, not, not that I, not that I remember. Yeah, Maybe I mean, the Kobe million dollar decoy. The, the, the linebackers looked good. Yeah, I mean, how, how could you not come out of that game? You know, feeling pretty good. Just I mean, it's one preseason game or whatever. I mean, everything they no. I don't think anybody came out of that with any like gripe. No. Right? Did you hear any complaint from anybody about anything after that Eagles game? No, no, no. I, I didn't really pay attention. But you know, I, I don't know how you can. I mean, Jalen, Jalen went perfect. He had a touchdown. You know, yeah. uh, looked good. Uh, the, the play calling looked good. People looked open. It's the Jets. You could say that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know who didn't have a good day? The Let's go to the phones, boys. Oh. Reporting fake news <laughs> on Zach Wilson tearing oh, his ACL, man. but in fact, it was just his meniscus. Mm. Let's go to the phone, boys. Fake newsbreakers. Yeah, that's tough, man. Because let's go to the phones, boys. We're on a we're on a streak too. Mm-hmm. They had the Fletcher Cox news. They had the schedule. They had this the Eagles schedule before anybody. Yep. Um, I should pull up the clip of WIP talking about let's go to the phones. It made me laugh so hard. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that's a tough one too. Cause like, man, injuries are tough. There's a high risk, high reward, you know, yeah. Icarus, they flew injury. too close to the sun. Yeah. But whatever, you know I mean? You, you can't win them all. You know, uh, even the best, the best guys are uh, um, wrong sometimes, you know, so it's, it's all right. You know, no, nobody's true. got, name me a person who's got a 100% track record. The crossing broad mystery source. <laughs> I think so, actually. Yeah. The Crossing um, Broad Mystery Source had the yeah. J.J. Arcega Whiteside news. Now, he prefaced it with he's gone. He didn't say if he was cut. That's he didn't say he was traded. Uh, yeah. So that that's was good. Get, that's why the Mystery Source didn't get any credit for anything, really, because the Mystery Source didn't report a trade. It was just like an email that came in and said, J.J.R. is gone. <laughs> that's it? <laughs> the Mystery Source <laughs> is just, that's... Uh, it's, like, uh, it's like Deep Throat's communicating. I feel like I need to go out to like the Dropbox in front of the uh, like post office and pick out the envelope or something you know but yeah, uh you know mystery meet, source is good man the uh you don't meet the mystery source in some abandoned parking garage i do email. know i do know uh how do i how do i want to say this I, I know how the mystery source information comes to us like i know where it's coming from mm. but i don't I, I it's like uh yeah i'll just leave it at that because people ask, people ask, like, do you know who the mystery source is? And the answer is like, sort of like, I know how it's funneled and I know where it comes from. But like, if I was like, if somebody held a gun to my head and say, tell me who the mystery source is, like, I don't fucking know what the dude's name is. Like, I know like kind of where it comes from, but I don't, I couldn't give you a name. So. Close to the organization? Uh, uh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know right. it's not, it's not like an agent or anything. Okay. All right. So close to the Eagles organization. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll slowly, we'll slowly get. No, get no, it. that's it. Cause I don't want to cut. I don't want to like get that's an email. Thing, like where our, our communication has been. It's <laughs> been ter Our communication has been. It's a one way street. I don't know, man. I mean, you reply to the mystery source like, Hey man, thanks. Good job on this. Or do you just say, Hey, I'm going to run with this. I don't have to reply. You guys have that kind of relationship where you're like, I, um, yeah, yes. Oh, Yes. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say this or not. Let me think about it. You, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, have you built up a rapport with the Crossing Broad Mystery Shorts? Like, do you guys have a, a mutual understanding that you don't have to reply back? Or is it a mutual, uh, not friendship per se, but a mutual respect, you think, between each other? It's not, it's not a, there's multiple people involved. Oh, okay. see, all right. Now I feel like I'm getting too much. All right. I want to, I, I, well, let's go on to the next topic. So it's not a, it's not a. Yeah, it's not like a one-on-one -on -one thing. Is that's probably the most I can say. Okay. That, like, give right. any hint. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Shout we'll out to take this off. What do they say on meetings now? We'll take this offline. Yeah. We'll put a pin in this, and we'll take this offline, Kev. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna underpin this, and we'll take it offline. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you think uh, you think Nick Sirianni has to be a little bit more quiet on the sideline around the reporters? Did you see the Jimmy Kemsky stuff? Um, um yeah uh, about the Derek Barnett show. <laughs> yeah so if anyone didn't see it Jimmy Kemsky had some practice notes and he buried this one at the bottom and they were doing 11 on 11s back uh I think they backed Jalen up to the uh to the to the opposite end of the field and it was third and three in this situation and and Nick Sirianni shouts out from the sidelines Derek no stupid plays which is yeah, nothing's nothing stupid. Yeah, right? nothing stupid, nothing Derek. Stupid, yeah. <laughs> Which, hey, that's great, man. When 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 you got your first round pick, no Eagles fans thought that you were going to bring him back. You thought you were going to let him walk. Super Bowl hero, actually, which is hilarious to think about. But a guy who does make more boneheaded plays and he makes good ones. And, yeah, and here's, people, here's and, something. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. This is just on the top of my head. Is Derek Barnett a Super Bowl hero? Because I've got some. I covered the fumble. 
But I've seen people go back and do revisionist history and try to analyze that play and say, I've heard this take before. No, no lie. Right. People say that the only reason he was in position to fall on the fumble is because he didn't move his guy anywhere. I mean, like, the best, believe, best ability is availability, I guess, if you know, is, what, <laughs> is, what, is what my... I got to go back, back and watch the strip sack 100 times. I don't really give a shit because it's like the greatest play in Eagles history. Like, do we really need to relitigate yeah. it? But there are people saying like, well, he didn't do shit on that. He just fell on the box. He was standing there. And he couldn't oh. get a push, but he couldn't get a, like any push on his guy. I'm like, I okay, I never thought of it that way, but... Well, Maybe we maybe Nagadelphians want to try it. I don't know. Maybe maybe we don't know what we don't know what the coverage was. Maybe he wasn't supposed to bum rush his guy. Maybe he was supposed to, you know, maybe they knew they were sending uh, Derek uh, uh, Brandon Graham on the outside. So in case in case Brady flushed out of the pocket, you know, Derek Barnett was there for him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what his gap responsibility (laughs) was on that play. I don't know what the coverage was, nor does any Eagles, which is why it's always like really this is the one thing that drives me crazy about doing NFL film and breakdowns and stuff like that. It's like, man. I don't know what the fuck the call was. No, like, well, does. Anthony Harris is back here. I'm like, okay, well, he, was he supposed to be back there? And I've done this like on my union podcast. I always ask like former players when they come on. I'm like, what's one thing that you want you could have fans or media kind of do a better job with or understand better? And multiple times they've said to me like, I wish you know, I I need people to understand that sometimes we're doing like a specific thing because that's what we've been instructed yeah. to do. Like if you say like, oh, why didn't this guy like bomb forward and hit the ball into the box? I mean, the coach told him to stay back. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's why it's like you always, you know, every single little thing that's analyzed, every big like flashpoint, like Eagles play or something like that. I always got to put a disclaimer on it because I'm like, okay, now if you see uh, Derek Barnett standing here like this, I don't know what he was asked to do. So we're going to have to give him the benefit of the doubt that he was asked to, you know, drop into cover. Jalen Hurts rolling out of the pocket. That was a big thing. You know, someone, people did take that as a negative in the, uh, in the Jets preseason game. And you had a little, you had a story on it and you said oh. Nick Sirianni gave a pretty good uh, answer to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was just saying like, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't always flee the pocket because the protection breaks down or because he's like got some like tick where he's like, Oh, I got to get out of here. You know, like maybe he went through his reads and nobody's open. So I was just trying to stretch the player, trying to create something out of nothing, you know? So it's not always like, I don't know. It's not a, like a fancy thing to say there are multiple reasons for certain things, but I think sometimes people, you know, attach these like habits to players and it's not really that fair. You know, it's like maybe Jalen hurts is just getting out of there. Cause he had nobody to throw the ball to. Exactly. You know? And people have this idea like, Oh, he went through one read and he got nervous and he fled the pocket. So that's not always the case, you know? So it's just yeah. football, football, man has so much, nuance like that that like if you don't address it it's like your anal your analysis looks like shit because you just don't you can't you got to admit that like you're not in the player's head and you're you don't have the playbook and you don't have the call like i don't know maybe this safety was maybe this corner was 10 yards off over here maybe this corner was only five yards off because they're playing split zone coverage maybe one half of the field they're playing this and the other half of the field they're playing this i don't know man i wasn't in the headset i didn't hear the call come in i'm not in the like the db room so you try to analyze it the best you can and give that disclaimer, like, hey, maybe they were asked to do this, you know? So it's we'll like, we'll have to get of, Jim Shorts on the broadcast. We'll have to ask no, him. No, I know. I, I get, that's why I like, you know, get a former player. I got to get Beasley. Got to get my own guy, Beasley Reese from Channel 3 on here because he can like analyze some of that stuff and say, hey, what's this guy? What's he supposed to be doing, you know? So it's hard, man. It's, yeah. it's hard. No, nobody ever really, people who say that they know everything about X's and O's don't. Nobody no. ever does because unless they got like a source who's like saying this is what the call was, then you don't you don't know, you know. Yeah, unless 
only the guys, the 53 guys in the meeting rooms understand what the X's and O's are. Um, speaking of guys who used to be in the NovaCare meeting rooms, what do you think of the interview between the reporter in D.C. and Carson Wentz? Do you think those were – well, it was, it was the Howard Eskin School of Journalism uh, that guy graduated from. Um, were, they, were they fair questions? Because I, I didn't think the first one was that bad. I, I don't believe – Wentz, when he says he doesn't read anything about himself, he said that when he was uh, here in 2019 or 2020, whenever he left, he said he didn't read anything. I, I, I find that hard to believe when you have, you know, your buddies around you, your agent around you, your wife around you who probably reads stuff. I, I have a hard time thinking it doesn't get back to the guy in some way. Uh, the it second does. question yeah. was ruthless. Anyone, anytime someone starts their question with, all right, real talk. It's not typically followed by an opinion you want to hear. You never go, hey, real talk. I think you should break up with your girlfriend. It's like, that's, you know what? Like, I love her. But it's like, but no, we're, we're, we're real talk right now. You we think? were having a lot of fun with that because the guy said, like, what did he say? Philly didn't want you. Indy yeah. didn't want you. Sure. Which is false, by the way, because Philly did want him. But Carson yes. wanted out. Carson wanted out. The guy was spreading fake news in addition to being a hard ass. But um yeah it was funny we were having fun with us we were doing fake questions for carson we we're like so carson you're the scum of the earth you're the worst <laughs> person ever hey carson how does that make saying, you feel? they're saying you're going to be excommunicated from the church if you have yeah. another bad season how do you respond shout out to shout out to wentz man he handled it really well carson real talk you are a total <laughs> piece of shit and nobody likes you What's your reaction to that? Carson, real talk. (laughs) Bobcat contractors suck. Yeah. They're no D Walt. Real talk. Let's real talk about it. Real talk. North Dakota is a stinking shithole. (laughs) Well, that's some say. Truth is truth is truth is the truth. Here's the thing. Here's here's how I always answer this question. It's like, why do you ask a question to anybody in the first place? To get a reaction in the media. To get something, but you why do people bring Jonathan Papelbon on? Well, you're looking for like real journalists. To me, it's not. See, I always have this like disconnect with fans because this is like the Howard Eskin thing. It's like, well, Howard asked the tough questions that you guys won't ask, (laughs) you know, and then I always say to them, what did he get in return? Okay, he got he got Doc Rivers yelling at him. (laughs) Okay, so he didn't achieve anything. Right. Nothing because of value. Nothing of value, right? We got a clip out of it. We got something to make fun of him for, but we didn't get any like real answer to anything. You know, that's why I always say if you like try to be fair and ask every one good question, one nice question for every hard question, you know, I feel like you build a better relationship with that person and then they are going to be open up to you a little bit more and then you'll get a better answer out of them. You know, I think if all you ever ask is hard questions, you're not going to get any good, um, replies and and to the you know with the Carson Wentz thing what did he say back to the guy they just get canned canned shit from him right like well you know it's you know I gotta what did he say like I can't worry about that I gotta keep playing we got canned cliche crap yeah so what it amounts to pagan is grandstanding yeah it's it's a a zero question that he that guy really can't do anything about it but he's lucky that like warren sharp picked it up and was like oh this guy and, and people railed against him that he was an asshole and there was other people that railed the against commander's him. president came out and ripped him so yeah, congratulations he, you got a viral video now yeah. people think you're a dickhead and the president of the team called you and now carson's probably going to look at you differently when you come around the locker room so. and the team 
And the, the team were like, day, I don't want to talk to this guy. Like, well, like he's in an the asshole. day you achieve nothing other than pleasing like the boomer portion of the audience who wants the hard questions asked. You know, it yeah. doesn't matter if we get a real answer in return. We need the hard questions asked. No, there's I no, hear you. A I mean, lack of, there's a lack of finesse, Pagan. That guy, he seemed like a, I don't know who would you who would you who would you relate him to? I guess he would kind of be a, a John Clarkish. He felt like he was a he was like a, a news reporter. Like John John seems to be a pretty good guy. I don't think John would ever do that. No, but he seemed like yeah. his job was a like like a Deuces Rogers or a, or a, or a John Clark. Like the they're the sports guy for NBC Ten or ABC Six. Well, I don't know if he's yeah. I don't, this guy's name is Scott Abraham. I don't know if he's like the sports director or if he's in the field a lot or not but like to make a parallel just say for example like my guy don bell who i used to work with at channel three back in the day um imagine like don and this is me doing like a hypothetical here but imagine don came down to like eagles and did a one-on-one with hertz and just asked him some hard shit <laughs> and then but, but he's not usually like down there or whatever does does he is there like a positive that's not a net positive to me. that's a net negative you know so it's like yeah. I don't know. I get what the guy was trying to do. It's like, well, you got to ask the tough questions, but the tough questions don't mean shit if you don't get anything in return, you know? So it's not about how hard the question is. It's about what you get in return and, and whether any of that matters. I think that's yeah, you, like what people don't understand, you know? You can ask hard questions, but intelligent in an intelligent manner or uh, or not such a yeah. uh, an, an angry, you know, divisive question in such a in such an angry uh, yeah. manner yeah but, i mean like like howard pulled some interesting quotes out of brett brown but i think that was more about brett than the person he is we all pulled interesting quotes out of brett but only one of us was an asshole to him i thought he pulled an no. interesting quote from rob thompson and then he thought we all thought he was nitwit then he all called us nitwits because we didn't agree with what he thought about it like i thought rob thompson gave a very intelligent answer to why he's not worried about uh his contract yeah. situation or if he should be the manager next year Oh, was that the one? Oh, I think he was responding. Howard was talking about something different when he was calling everybody nitwits. I think it was the thing that he wasn't going to make like excuses about them not scoring enough in New York or something like that. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's two different things you're thinking of there. But the macro level story here is like, look, um, Howard thinks that the Eagles can do no wrong, but the Phillies are the scum of the earth and the Sixers are the scum of the earth and the union don't exist and the Flyers don't exist in his world, you know, so it's all hollow grandstanding shit it doesn't mean anything it's like you're gonna suck off the eagles and then the phillies you know you're gonna phillies could win 50 in a row and you won't hear a peep out of him but then they lose two out of three and it's like well we need answers yeah yeah just so that he can go wear a mink coat on the sidelines with his beat headphones (laughs) (laughs) that's how i feel yeah uh i got one more thing before we wrap it up uh the crawford nebraska wide receiver He's going insanely viral for his NIL deal with SOS Heating and Air Conditioning. Um, because his name is DeColdest, he got a deal with this uh, with this heating and air conditioning company. Um, here is here is the commercial of DeColdest. So glad we called SOS. Our AC is the coldest. I'm always the coldest. SOS. Hey, this is Dakota Scrawford, raw receiver from Louisiana, now playing in Lincoln. When your AC isn't Dakota's, you call SOS Heating and Cooling. Their takes don't make commissions, so they give you an honest opinion, fair pricing, and longer warranty than a competition guaranteed. Take it from Dakota's. Keep your coolness on. I mean, what vision from from Mrs. Crawford? Brilliant. Yeah. Great marketing, too, man. I mean, now everybody knows what SOS 
heating and cooling is, you know? I, I hope the kid built an incentive structure into his contract because that, that did 4 million hits in four days. So, like, SOS heating and air conditioning is, is probably the hottest appliance shop in, in America right now. It's, it's beating out Bradford water heaters, I'll tell you that. Rank the following. DeColdis Crawford, okay. DeForest Buckner, mm. and DeAnthony Melton. Uh, Dakotas, DeForest, DeAnthony, in that order. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. I love it. De- uh, hey, I'll give you one. DeBrickashaw Ferguson, where does he De- fall in there? DeBrickashaw. Give me your Mount Rushmore of D. <laughs> I'm going to say DeBrickashaw is number one. DeColdis <laughs> is number two. Uh, DeAnthony's still four. And then what was the third one you had? Uh, DeForest um, Buckner? Yeah. yeah. DeForest Buckner. It would have been funny. Pretty. You know, it'd be funny to go back and look at, like, you know, the guys who would have absolutely killed the NIL game. Reggie Bush. Day. Reggie Bush. Would have been all over every landscaping yeah. company in, in Southern California. Yeah. Um, Larry, Larry Fitzgerald. He would have had like, uh, yeah, he would have uh, Primanti yes. brothers for life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Liner, Lindale White would have killed it. Uh, Vince Young would have killed it. Captain Munnerlin. Captain Munnerlin. Oh, that's a good name. Um, yeah. yeah I, mean, there, I mean, there's a couple dudes right now. I mean, Bumper Pool. Is a guy. <laughs> I had, can I be honest with you? I didn't know <laughs> when I was editing that story when you wrote it. I didn't know if those are real names or not. I'm like, is he? Is this just a bit that he's doing, or these actual real athletes? I started googling. I'm like, oh, this guy actually plays. You know, so. Uh, Shittasilla. <laughs> he's um, <laughs> Shittasilla out of Boston College. He's a defensive oh. lineman. Uh, Booby Curry. Booby Curry. Um, and Booby Miles Sanders, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Jaeger Bull. Which I guess is a, a new vodka Red Bull. Oh, DeBrickashaw Ferguson had a great career, actually. Three great career. Pro Bowl. Yeah. 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 Really yeah, good played, career. Played for nine years, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, new he quarterback. DeBrickashaw Ferguson, here's, here's your stat of the day. Didn't miss a single game in the NFL. Damn. He Iron Man. 16, 16 straight for nine years. Yeah. There's your DeBrickashaw Ferguson trivia answer of How the day. How did Captain Munnerland do in the NFL? I think he had a cup of coffee with a couple teams. Was I remember. He Vikings? He, Vikings, but I think he was drafted by the Panthers, wasn't he? Because I remember he was a South Carolina. There you go. You might be right. Yeah, Panthers, 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 Panthers. A couple years of the Vikings in Carolina. Yeah, he wasn't there's, there. There's a uh, there's a QB at uh at Oklahoma this year called General Booty, and if and if Preparation H isn't on the horn with him, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. General Booty. All I know is that General Booty is probably going to hang fifty five on us when we play them. The next <laughs> yeah, any uh, there's nobody good I saw on uh, on West Virginia, but. Uh, oh, oh yeah, Kool Aid McKinstry, the the defensive back from Alabama. Um, yeah, I thought you were just doing like the Key and Peel skit, like no, uh, no. you know, de- Mouse probing, probing Crux the third. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the oddest Hingle Hingle McCringleberry. Hingle McCringleberry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and the guy from Penn State or BYU? No, the guy from BYU, Dan Baker, BYU. Now that's a, one of the best. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's one of the best. That's I mean we're gonna get so many nil like creative yeah. mom and pop shops that are gonna get yeah. insane marketing and advertising off of guys like names. We should like, do more. Yeah, we should do like an entire nil segment on the on the show. So we should get like Harry Mays on here to do because he's a big college football. I'm sure he's got like nil takes or whatever. Like he's gonna change. You know, there's like people who are putting together teams now. They're not even recruiting. They're just going into the transfer portal. And like they've got you know boosters with nil deals ready to go, yeah. So like like dude from Pitt, Jordan, uh, Addison, oh, the guy with the USC. Yeah, he's just like I'm gonna fuck off to USC because they're gonna pay me the most money. Mm-hmm. 
if you're USC, do you have to recruit anybody? Like no, just I'm, start pulling these amazing dudes out of the transfer portal and like, you know, well, I, that was the whole thing with, uh, yeah. with, with Saban and, um, the guy from Texas A&M, uh, because he said he, he Jimbo, was paying his, Jimbo, yeah, Jimbo said he was paying his players. You know, they had yeah. the best, what was like the best recruited team that money can buy or something we'll like get, that. Yeah. We'll get, we'll have to get Harry on here to talk about that. And we'll get one of our Saturday down South guys to talk about it. Ooh, that's good we'll, idea. Do some, we'll do some synergy here. That's a good idea. Yeah. Nobody at Temple right now off the top of my head. I mean, I see Miller is a point guard. He could do it's Miller time, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to think about that. Maybe we can do a couple yeah. NIL deals with some Temple guys or some Villanova guys. If Brandon uh, Matthews was still in college at Temple, he could get sponsored by CPAC. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Matthews. Matthews. Yeah, Matthews. Matthews. Let's go, Matthews. Brandon. Matthews. Did you did you you edited the blog? Did you did you watch that uh video? Yeah, what was with the doofus in the background? The fucking was- doofus. Can I bring that? I'm gonna bring that up <laughs> real quick. That down. pissed me off <laughs> that this guy was having a father and son moment for yeah. the ages. Bear with me as I scroll down on Carson Brawl. Yeah, website. yeah. I'll set it. I can set it up while you find it. No, no, no I got it. I got it. I'm on yeah. here. All right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So here it is. So Brandon Brandon Matthews, for anyone knows, he just got his PGA Tour card, went through. He's a, he's a Temple alum uh, out of Scranton, went through mechanics issues on his swing, went through, you know, injuries and whatnot. But his dad was like a really uh, big, big, big uh, proponent obviously of his career you know they went to a country club in the middle of nowhere Scranton and he's one of the longest hitters on the tour he's he's out driving uh, Bryson DeChambeau his dad used to put him on a tee and he would have to hit a lake that was like 60 yards away once he hit that they moved him back to a tee once he hit that they moved him back and that's how he learned how his power was and then he obviously uh, honed in his accuracy and everything so he's hugging his dad let me uh, fire this up real quick he's hugging his dad and this loser absolute loser comes in and just ruins the the whole moment between Brandon and his dad here he is in blue <laughs> It's Brandon, right? Uh, it's Brandon, right? Uh, hey, dude, can you can you maybe read the room for a second? I'm sh- I'm surprised the Corn Ferry security didn't tackle that guy out of the shot. I mean, this did twenty six thousand views. That's a lot for the Corn Ferry uh, social media over there. I mean, they're not really the uh, the bread and butter of the uh, of of the golf game. But I just Brandon, right? Well, who do you think it is? And. <laughs> Like, no, it's Tiger Woods. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, what are we doing here, dude? Read the room. Like, I, I agree. I agree. It was cringe. Ruined. It was cringe. Yeah, it's a good word for it. Just ruined yeah. a, a father-son moment for the ages. And uh, God, I, I want that guy with the lack of self-awareness. I don't want that guy anywhere near a golf course, swinging a golf club anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Um, just people out there, just let the father-sons have their moments. Um, Kev, you got anything else? No, man. I think we hit it all. Good, uh, good uh, traffic this week. We're just cruising right along, man. Can't wait for football yeah, season. Football season. And we just get do- we just dominate these shows with football season. But yeah. all right, uh, that is the episode of Crossing Broadcast. Uh, hit the thumbs up. 
subscribe on YouTube or subscribe on the podcast. Hope everyone had a great weekend. We will talk to you Thursday. Have a great rest of the day. Uh-huh.